if you watch this movie and it kicked up the dust of old, long-forgotten dreams, I want you to know that you're not alone. You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Hello and welcome to episode nine of Creatives Making Money. Today we're talking about A Star is Born. The film released just a few weeks ago, directed by Bradley Cooper and also co-starring Lady Gaga. I know, I know, you're probably like, wait a second, why is this even a conversation we're having on Creatives Making Money? Movie reviews? Is that what we're doing now? So first of all, this is not a movie review. It's more of what I'll call an evaluation of the story and a deeper look into the various topics it touches on that I feel fully relate to creatives. Why am I doing an episode like this? Well, for starters, because I want to, and I can. (laughs) Secondly, I think there are some underlying aspects to this film in particular that can be really healthy to discuss and process collectively. You guys likely already know that beyond helping other creative and mission-driven entrepreneurs strategize their business and marketing to make more money, I'm also a screenwriter. Movies have been my first love, my initial life calling, and in many ways, the undercurrent that runs in my life for this craft runs deeply and has led me to everything that I'm doing now. Movies really were my doorway into studying and discovering the true potential of exceptional storytelling. And my passion for storytelling isn't just that it can make sales, because that's a great aspect of storytelling, um, that it can help clients, customers, people that you're reaching with your audience, whether it's for business or not, it can help people relate to you more deeply. Um, and it can help people see their own journey in you and project their potential future, which is something that's just special, whether you're using it for sales or not. My passion for storytelling beyond sales is that it is a healing medium. It's connective. And ultimately, that's what stories do. They connect us to one another. They are the bridge between you and others. To be perfectly frank, in my opinion, besides sexual intimacy, stories are the one other way that you can most deeply connect and plug into another human being. The storyteller shares their energy, their experience, their worldview, and it just all clicks. 
It is that personal thing made completely universal. Now, I could go on and on about stories literally forever, (laughs) but what I really want to talk about today is the film A Star is Born and the story in that film and the characters in that film and all of the topics that that film touches on as it relates to the subject of this podcast, which, as you know, is creatives making money. Now, before I get into my discussion of the film and all the things I have to say about it um, and some of the action steps that I have for you as you're listening to this and kind of processing and thinking through some of the stuff I'm sharing, I want to state for the record that I absolutely love this film, but of course this film isn't perfect, right? Like all movies have problems and so does this one. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't have problems or that there's nothing wrong with it. But the purpose of this analysis and discussion is not to compare this movie to previous versions of the story or previous versions of of A Star is Born. It's not to tell you what's good or bad and nitpick it critically. Again, it's not a review. The purpose of this conversation is to speak frankly about the open loops that this film leaves in the audience so that hopefully you as a viewer and creative can take away more from it um, and spark conversations in your life around this film and this subject that can help you grow and see things that you might not have seen or process things you might not have processed otherwise or process the things that you're already processing but come on and do it in our Facebook community because I'm all about these conversations. Now, if you haven't seen the film yet, there are spoilers galore in this episode so just know that. If you want to listen to this and then go see the film, by all means do it. I think you'll still get quite a bit out of this episode but just know that in an ideal world you'll want to experience the film first to get the most out of what I have to say today. So as I said, all movies have problems, and with A Star is Born, one of the gifts and problems with this film is that as audience members, we are being asked to deeply suspend our disbelief within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Now, this is true for a lot of movies because movies, and some fiction books do this too, create a world that's different from our own. And even if it's very similar, and even if there's a lot of relatability and It's something we can totally identify with. When you decide to participate by watching something, you are agreeing to be in the world of the movie, which operates by its own set of rules, right? So in this case, there's nothing traditionally realistic about how the story kicks off. In the first act of the film, we meet Lady Gaga's character, Allie, as she breaks up with a boyfriend and then expresses her frustration with the opposite sex in a bathroom stall. She's a server, she's a singer, She's doing the thing that so many creators making money can resonate with, working the money job and writing and performing her music and songs on the side because she can't not. The truth of her character is that it's who she is. And Bradley Cooper, his character Jackson, points that out pretty quickly in the context of the film, like you might be a songwriter. It's who she is. Um, We also early on meet Bradley's character, right, Jackson Maine, who's a beaten down alcoholic musician that's already achieved his supernova status in the music industry, right? And by some complete fluke, driven by his addiction to alcohol, one night after his latest concert, he stumbles into the bar where Allie happens to be performing, and it's a drag bar, and it's a place where she's the only non-drag performer. And he is immediately taken with her. She becomes his muse in that moment. And they, 
he comes to see her in her dressing room and they stay up all night and have a bit of an adventure. But what's special here isn't that he meets her and falls for her. It's that it all happens so conveniently and seamlessly. And as an audience member, even though on the inside we might be like, yeah, right. Like this is, there's no way this is really like a thing. This doesn't really happen. You know, we might be thinking that at almost every turn, but we're also 100% on board and with it. Like we want to see what happens. And the truth is that even if those thoughts come up where you're like, that's not realistic, there's no effing way, you kind of have to be on board for a story like this. And the reason is this is a wish fulfillment story. The entire concept of A Star is Born is this wish fulfillment. It's this idea that one, cream rises to the top. Two, someone you meet tomorrow can change your life completely at the drop of a dime. And three, lucky breaks happen and can happen to you. Those are part of the rules of the story. They're some of the baked in beliefs and foundations that make the ride of the story possible. So as an audience member, you kind of have to get on board and who doesn't want to? You know, within the 24 hours that follow after that first meeting, Allie, who, you know, of course she's a resistant hero, so she kind of fights it for, for, she fights this at first, right? But then she eventually gives in and is whisked away on a private jet with her friend and escorted to the side stage where Jackson is playing another packed concert. And then he has her come on stage with him and sing with him her song. And even as we're crying in our minds, yeah, fucking right like they know this perfectly already to the song that they've already perfectly memorized and and he completed it and made an arrangement even though he only heard her singing it once in a grocery store parking lot one time we don't care because this is wish fulfillment here is Allie and Allie is us Allie is every person who's ever had a dream a message a story a passion a talent and wished that she could simply meet the right person climb on stage and shine that big and that bright like a star and Allie continues to crawl towards this supernova status as her relationship with Jackson evolves now as a woman watching this there are some challenges here for sure that I have to point out. Um, So after they sing together, you know it's like 24 hours after they've met, I can't help but ask myself like, is she really gonna sleep with him already? Does she want to? I can't help but wonder if she thinks she has to in order to exchange something for the opportunity he gave her. And as the story unfolds and she sticks by him, even through his extreme alcoholism, and we do see how deeply her run, her love for him really does run, I couldn't help but initially wonder, but because we are in a wish fulfillment fantasy, you kind of have to forget that concern and stay on board with the story. Like, okay, we're going with this. It's love. It's happening. We're on. Let's go for this ride. Now, another note on her character, she pushes back around his drinking and that behavior for her to call him out on it and push back on it, it helps us see that as a character, she's not just going along with everything he's doing. She sees what he's doing and like he's got a problem and she doesn't like it, but she accepts him for it. Still, you can't help but ask yourself if this is love and not total codependence, but when we're in a wish fulfillment story... Does it matter? And here's another thing I just want to point out about this. When you fall in love with characters like these two, it doesn't matter how fucked up they are. 
To an audience, the more flawed the character, the better. Now, we'll get back to that a little bit later. Um, As the movie continues, we're then swept away in their love story and the wish fulfillment of Allie's rise to fame, and we go along for this ride. But the ride isn't without bumps, as no great story would be. More and more of Jackson's backstory and trauma is revealed as his tinnitus and drinking get progressively worse. And as Allie gets to know the man behind the fame more and more, we see just how real their problems are. We see and feel their love, their excitement, and the adventure of the change that Allie's experiencing. They're singing on stage together, they're writing songs together, they're co-creating music and the beautiful power of it all. But when we get down to the primal nature of the story and where it hits us, it is that that underlying foundational rule that this that a miracle can happen at any moment and totally change your life. One minute Allie's a server and the next she's touring and shining her light, a change she seems to so distinctly underline in her crooning of the signature song Shallow when she says, in all the good times, I find myself longing for change. And this is a change that I believe so many of us can relate to desiring. It's one of the oldest wishes in the book. Our inner child calling out for someone else, God, the universe, another person to sweep in and change our life, love us completely, believe in us unconditionally, lift us out of what we're doing, and make our dreams come true just because we're worthy of it. And aren't we all worthy of that? As we go on this journey as an audience member, it can't help but kick up any hidden dreams that might be harboring deep down inside, that you might be harboring deep down inside. And like, how could you? How could it not? You know, you can't witness this type of explosion of wish fulfillment without examining it as what you wish for. And if you're being self-reflexive as an audience member, this is how you can ultimately allow stories to serve you. So here's what I want you to know. If you watch this movie and it kicked up the dust of old, long-forgotten dreams, I want you to know that you're not alone. That's like a normal reaction. It's a healthy reaction, and it's one that I'm excited for us to talk about more. Then we get to their love story. Let's talk about their love story for a second. Oh, their love story. There are so very many moments and scenes where we see Allie and Jack loving each other so purely and so truly and so genuinely that we we don't even care that he's a raging alcoholic and that she kind of clung to him to lift her out of her existing life. But this isn't a story about someone discovering Allie and deciding it was a smart business move to sign her. This is a story about Jackson bringing Allie on tour with him to be with him romantically and sing with him and that decision changing the course of her life. And even though it's riddled with conflict, I mean, he is an addict and she's codependent, it's tough to look at their love story and not entirely swoon. Because through all of that, their love is so sweet and enduring that we can't even judge it. We especially can't judge it because it's absolutely human to be either or both of those things. I don't know one person who hasn't been in at least one relationship at some point that didn't at least a little bit reflect what Jackson and Allie face as as lovers and partners and a couple in this movie. And this is where we get into 
shifting gender roles and the question that I continue to ask leaving this movie, which is whether women get to be superstars and have loving relationships. I can't help but ask this, especially off the heels of Lady Gaga's own stories of losing relationships as she became more and more famous and successful in her own life. And if you haven't seen her documentary, Five Foot Two, I highly recommend it. This is a topic that is covered in that documentary and is like very close to, to Gaga and part of her and her story, which I feel she brings into this role. Both characters, you know, Allie and Jack, have to balance their careers with their private problems and their relationship. Um, and as an audience member, it's funny because watching the film, I really kept expecting relationship problems to pop up that never do. I expect them to get into a really bad fight that doesn't happen until way later in the movie. And most of the obstacles in this film are dominated by Jackson's inner world and his struggles, not by some invented tension in their relationship, which is interesting. Towards the end of the film and the end of their relationship, Allie even considers canceling her world tour in order to be with Jackson and care for him. So this struggle for doing what's best for their relationship while she's in a in a like rise to fame supernova moment is an interesting choice. Um, it's an interesting choice because it shows us just how much she really loves him. And it's especially an interesting choice because this happens after he essentially embarrasses himself and her um, getting so wasted at the Grammys that he ends up peeing himself on stage while she accepts her Grammy just because he's so fucked up. Um, but because Allie loves Jackson, um, we still love Jackson too. And we get glimpses of him off the booze and the drugs and how sweet he is to her, um, glimpses of who he really is. And we ultimately see him hit rock bottom and then fight his way back to sobriety. As for me, I'm personally grateful that this story helps us love someone with an addiction issue, but it doesn't bode well for the future of being an addict. Like an addict's future is what I mean. And I'll speak from experience here because I know many artists who are artists because they feel more than others do. They feel everything. They have a deep need to speak and create and express. They can't necessarily manage or function in day-to-day life the same way as what I'll, as quote-unquote everyone else. I'd say most struggle with anxiety and depression more than others. And it's not just the nature of being an artist that comes with that territory. It's also the undue pressure and strain of being in a position of constantly putting oneself out there through their work over and over and over again. And the vulnerability inherent in that process of being so connected to your work and once once you have the audience right like think about even Jackson who's at a certain level of fame in in this film like his character right he is at a, a certain level and he has that audience but then you're in the position of creating for your existing audience and what if they don't like what you've created what if they don't receive it well you know just because a star is born doesn't mean that all of the challenges of being an artist are suddenly removed. And this, you know, touches on another topic I want to go into, which is really, you know, how your work is received um, 
you know, critically and otherwise, commercially and otherwise, makes you question not just the value of your work, but the value of yourself as an artist. I think that that's an immense challenge that most creative people have to face in one way or another, whether you're delivering a graphic design to a client or a writing project or just an idea or a concept, or whether you are, you know, writing the next musical, like A Star is Born. And this brings up this whole, the challenges really of like being an artist, putting your work out there and struggling to, to, to balance all of it. You know, the film touches on this topic in an interesting way. Like we see Jackson struggles and we, we learn more about his backstory, but it also touches on this topic as like a rock versus pop conversation with you know, what's, what's real art, what's high art, what's worthy of having critical acclaim and what isn't. So as Allie rises to a new level of fame, she ventures away from the pure piano and guitar and vocals, rock music that she was creating with Jackson and becomes a pop star. Jackson seems to think that's not what I'll say in like quote unquote good enough or quote unquote real enough. In more than one scene, he expresses concern about her authenticity and ultimately devalues her work when she's up for a Grammy because it's pop and it's not always super deep. Earlier in the film, Allie also has a scene where she calls this out during a dance rehearsal saying, I don't want to lose the part of me that's talented. Do we lose the parts of ourselves that are authentic and talented in the interest of commercial success? This is one of those questions that we'll we'll always ask as we create and as we make money. What is the right balance between selling out and genuinely creating purely, not for financial gain or commercial success, but just for the sake of creating? And does that type of art even exist? Then there's their parents, which in all heroes' journeys, we ultimately have to examine their relationship with the father Um, we do learn that Jackson didn't have a father who was present and available and healthy and cared for him. We learn early on in the film that his mother died in childbirth. So we imagine that he was largely on his own, um, without anyone really teaching him that he was loved unconditionally, except maybe his brother, Bobby. Allie, on the other hand, had a pretty strong father figure. Her mom isn't in the picture, but perhaps, you know, the the answer to Allie's character and how she balances out Jackson, that perhaps this is part of why she has a different emotional foundation, a toughness, a street smart, take no shit attitude that allows her to do things like punch a cop in the face at an after hours bar and think nothing of it. In many ways, she's the protector of Jackson who never had a parent to do that job before. And regardless of the whys of the the parenting backgrounds that each of these characters faced in their histories, we are left with this resounding call out around men and mental health, particularly creative men and mental health, which anchors the story in its ultimate, what I'll call resting place, love and loss. Watching this film and Jackson's journey, I couldn't help but think about other recent suicides of people we'd consider stars, Chris Cornell and Anthony Bourdain, for example. And Jackson's character in this story is a tragic hero. That's his role. He chooses to die so Allie can rise. He chooses to die because he's depressed. He considers himself broken. It's not his first time he's had suicidal thoughts, like this is a mental illness thing. 
but he also chooses to die because Allie loves him too much to ever leave him herself. But that doesn't make the pain any less significant. And films that end this way leave us with all kinds of loose ends to process, like beyond all the open loops and questions that I've already posed, we also wonder, did Jackson need to die so Allie could rise? It's a movie, so in the context of what makes a tragic hero the hero, yes. But in the context of thinking about all the people in your life who might suffer from mental illness, depression, anxiety, or addiction, no. What they do need is to seek help and get help. This film really is uniquely special in that it's the type of project that doesn't come around often. It's rare right now in the industry that films of this type and size get the green light. It's, it really is a special moment in a career like Bradley Cooper's to have this opportunity to direct, write this music, perform this way, and slam dunk. And I mean that across the board. The music, the directing, the story itself, the ability to cast Lady Gaga exactly at this moment of her career when she's already a supernova and is shifting how she shows up as an artist, more stripped down and raw and vulnerable and naked. I really deeply appreciate this film so much because it's the type of project that doesn't happen often and touches on all of these subjects so, so impactfully. And the multimedia component of it as a musical and the entire soundtrack is like a whole other 20 episodes (laughs) of discussion itself. Um, In many ways, the music tells the story almost as, you know, almost if not just as much as the film does. So as a musical, it's on another level. But the movie, with how it ends, also leaves you in a state of grief with a lot to process, right? Like, you might be thinking about your your dreams and wishes that you haven't thought about, right, from the wish fulfillment. You might be thinking about your love life by witnessing their relationship and the things that they are going through um, as two people who love each other. You might be processing your own relationship with addiction and mental health, whether that's someone you love or yourself. Um And you might be thinking about gender roles, men and women and their unique challenges in the world. You know, what makes it harder or different um, for a man to seek support around mental health versus a woman? Or maybe it's not different, but in this film, he's the character who struggles with addiction. So we have to talk about that and look at that and think about that and what that says and what that makes us think about and process, right? You might be thinking about being an artist and the challenges that come with that. Like maybe that does come with extra challenges of vulnerability. Maybe that does come with extra challenges of putting yourself out there and being, um, you know, judged or rejected. Maybe you're thinking about selling out versus being real and whether, you know, where you are on that spectrum, you know, the way that he calls Allie out around her pop music. And ultimately, it leaves you in a state of loss because it's sad. It's a tragic ending. My favorite scene in the film, personally, is the scene where Allie and Jack's brother Bobby are speaking after Jack's death. In that scene, Bobby says, Jack talked about how music is essentially 12 notes between any octave. 12 notes and the octave repeats. It's the same story told over and over, forever. All any artist can offer the world is how they see those 12 notes. That's it. And I believe that to be true. Life is life. 
story is story. It's 12 notes. It's the human condition. It's the struggle of being an infinite soul with an infinite imagination living in a mortal body. It's knowing that someday you're going to die. It's loving and losing. It's facing the time you have on this planet and making choices every day about what to do with that time, how you're going to spend it well and wisely and truthfully, what you're going to create that you feel matters, what your legacy is. All of that is a lot, especially if you're struggling with mental health issues too. Here's what I want you to remember if you're a creative and life feels hard today or just some of the days because I know there are some days you might feel like an alley before she met Jack and some days you might feel like an alley after she met Jack and some other darker days you might feel like a Jackson. (laughs) Remember that help is available to you. Remember that you are loved, you are supported, you are valued. You can reach out to a friend, to a call center, to a therapist, to a support group. You have options. Don't try to walk this path alone. You have a tribe available to you. This is a big reason I created a community along with this podcast. So if you're not in the Creators Making Money group, um, you can hop in at creatorsmakingmoney.com slash group, but know that 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 is a safe space to have conversations about things like this. Now, I have some action steps for you that I'll be sharing now because I'm not doing an after party this week. This episode is dropping on Halloween and I don't intend to dress up in a costume and do a a live after party, but there are some questions that I'd love for you to think about and journal on and feel free to share what you discover um, with the group at creativesmakingmoney.com slash group. So here are some questions for you to think about. Around the topic of your dreams and wishes, what do you want really? If you could have life any way you wanted, What would you wish for? On the topic of your love life, what do you believe about love and relationship now? How is that showing up or not? Are there pieces of Allie and Jack's relationship that you identify with, that you've seen or experienced? What does that make you think about? On the topic of your relationship with addiction and mental health, Is this something you or someone you love struggles with? What can you do today to help someone who needs support? And maybe it's you. Choose to walk this path around addiction and mental health with compassion and self-belief. And regarding gender roles, men and women and their unique challenges in the world, what's your feeling about gender roles and dynamics? What do you have to face that's unique to your gender or your gender identity? And how can you share that with others and provide and receive support around that? This could be as simple as you're a woman and you're afraid to become too successful. It could be as simple as you're a man and you feel a certain pressure to be more successful than you are. It could be you identify as a different gender than you are. It could be You're one gender, but you identify more with one parent than another, and that's confusing. How are those masculine and feminine energies showing up in your life? And how do they feel as they are? What needs to shift? And speaking of your parents, how did your parents help or hinder your choices to be yourself, express yourself, and go for your dreams? And... As far as being an artist and a creative and the challenges that come with that, are you creating the way you want to be? Why or why not? 
Do you feel like a sellout right now? Is that something that feels really present in your life and is something you want to reframe, see differently, or change? And finally, on the topic of loss and grief, is there someone or something that you're grieving right now or that you need to let go of and grieve? How can you create space for grief and let yourself truly and fully process the loss? So again, these are just some questions that I would love for you to think about and journal on. And if you feel open to sharing what you discover, you're welcome to hop in at creativesmakingmoney.com slash group. Um, I'm going to start a thread in there on this episode and I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creatives Making Money, but don't go anywhere without subscribing. Remember, after the show, it's the after party. We do a weekly after party on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to go to creativesmakingmoney.com slash after party to join us. And if you're looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives, you can. Part of the purpose of this podcast is to create conversation, and my biggest hope is that you continue the convo in our private online Facebook lounge. You can head to creativesmakingmoney.com slash group to join the free group. And as always, you can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes, available at creativesmakingmoney.com slash a star is born. Do not hesitate to head over there now. And as always, create like you mean it. This episode is sponsored by Copy That my signature course for writing websites that speak volumes and sell, something that every creative making money for sure needs. To learn more about my approach to writing that sells, you can visit thecopythatcourse.com slash free training. 